there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. We're not going to keep you forever today, but I would like to um, begin this uh, Christmas period by talking about the Christmas story. Sorry, bro. Um, first of all, show of hands, uh, whose Christmas decorations are up in their house? Alright, very good, very good. There's a few people without their hands up. Um, whose Christmas decorations, let's be honest, this will speak to the crowd. Whose Christmas decorations have been up for more than a week? Oh, okay. And who put their Christmas decorations up this weekend? Okay, so that's one. Uh, in the week, who's got time in the week? I've got so many boxes of Christmas decorations in our house, I wouldn't have time in the week to get them out of the lot. So, the, uh, I hope some of you are beginning to feel Christmassy. Um, I definitely felt Christmassy yesterday when we came down into Cornwall to watch the, uh, the Christmas lights switch on. Uh, Santa came right through the village, um, and we're at the Springs Band were in here playing some carols. It felt very Christmassy. Uh, and I hope we haven't got any Scrooges in uh, this, this, this evening, we may have. I certainly on occasion have fallen into the Scrooge um, category. But what I've realised is that since we've had our own two kids, I don't have an opportunity to do that anymore. Uh, because if I'm grumpy about Christmas, then the whole thing goes pot. So uh, that's not how I'm feeling anymore. What I did feel recently was, um, for those of you who don't know, I am a teacher, a primary school teacher by trade, so I uh, teach in year two at the moment, the bit of year twos. And um, we were talking about the Christmas story, and um, because they're six and seven, they asked the, word, they asked the question, why, a lot. And uh, I was going through the Christmas story thinking, actually... There's some very valid questions to ask about the Christmas story. And uh, maybe we take it for granted that we, as Christians or people who are on a faith journey, maybe we take it for granted that we understand um, the Christmas story itself. I know when we did, um, in kids' church recently, we talked about um, the beginning of the Christmas story with Mary's cousin Elizabeth. And um, the kids had a lot of questions then just about the beginning of the story. And so what I wanted to do this evening was I wanted to do an FAQ for the Christmas story, if that's okay. So I'm going to pick three questions that are frequently asked around the Christmas story. And then from there, I would hope to unpick what that might mean for us as Christians this evening. So let's pray, and then we will get straight into the message. Lord, I pray that as we we, uh, meet together right now, as we hear about you and listen to your word, Lord, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would be amongst us. Lord, as your Holy Spirit has been here already in the worship, Lord, I pray that we would, um, we would become Holy Spirit distracted in that things that are, are meant for us would land in our hearts. Lord, may, may we learn some more about you this evening. May we know you a little bit more. May you become more famous in our hearts this evening as, as we meet together. In your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not going to hang around. My first question is, what's the importance of a virgin birth? Um, what, does that, what does that mean for us? What, why was that important as a, part of a, as part of the Christmas 
story. So we're going to jump in to the Bible and we're going to look in the book of Luke. And uh, because it's the Christmas story, most of these things happen in the first chapter, which is very convenient. We are in Luke uh, 1, verse 26 to 28. And this is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's Mary's cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be, as in, there's an angel in my house, what is going on? It then says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Hold on a minute. His father, David, I thought Jesus' father was, was Joseph, the earthly father. Yes, Jesus is descended from a line of people, a a line of people that began with a man called David in the Old Testament. You may know the story of David and Goliath and the sling. It's the same David that Jesus eventually is descended from. Mary asked a very important question. How will this be, Mary asked, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. That child turns out to be John the Baptist, if you know what happens later on in the Bible. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month already, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What's the idea of a, of a virgin birth? Why is that so important for Christians? Why is that so important for the, for the character of Jesus? You see, this was foretold already in uh, the Old Testament, years and years and years before the birth of Jesus. In, in the book of Isaiah 7.14, it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And we will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. So how was God going to come with us? Why is the virgin birth important? It reminds us that Jesus' arrival was supernatural. It reminds us that Jesus' arrival was supernatural. The virgin birth meant Jesus did not inherit a natural sinful nature. Joseph, his dad, the carpenter, did not pass on his sinful nature to Jesus for the simple reason that Joseph wasn't his father. Jesus had no sin nature within him. Hebrews 7 verse 26, such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. I mean, even the fact that it was Mary who was chosen is in itself supernatural. I I think an angel appearing to you in the middle of the night is pretty supernatural. Um, And even the fact that it was that it was Mary herself, someone who was about to marry into the family of David. If you go into your Bible and you look at the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, the first chapter there is just a big long list of names 
going all the way through the Old Testament, linking all these names together all the way to Jesus. What's Matthew trying to do in that text? He's trying to show you that every single book of the Old Testament points towards one person, points towards the character and being of Jesus. So Mary was not a direct descendant from David, but in biblical times, descendants came from the male line of the family. And so what God knew was Mary was going to marry into this family. God already knew what was going on with her. She was incredibly faithful and incredibly brave with a lineage with a, via a husband right back to David. You see, only God can make something out of nothing. Only God can make something out of nothing. I would like to think that I am fairly good at DIY things. Uh, my wife may disagree. Um, in fact, there's a blind in my daughter's her bedroom that's broken that says contrary to that. But um, if I'm doing a, if I'm making something or doing a task or building something, I need materials and I need tools. I am building things in a natural manner. There is only God who can make things out of nothing. In the very first book in the Bible, Genesis, in the very first verse, Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. See, this story in Genesis has a beautiful connection with Jesus' supernatural birth. If you know the story within Genesis, uh, you will know that uh, the, the story of Adam and Eve ended with them doing something against God. And something against God, Christians might use the term sin for that, something that goes against God's nature. Um, they, they lied and they went against what God had told them to do and, and ate from a tree that God had specifically said not to. That was all because of a serpent. There was a serpent, or we might say as Christians, the enemy. We might say the devil there. Um, and, and when God is speaking to this serpent afterwards, he foretells in the third chapter of Genesis what's going to happen in the New Testament. He says this to the, to the snake, I will make enemies of you and the woman and of your offspring and her descendant, with a capital D, he shall crush your head. It's already in the third chapter of the Bible, we're already seeing that Jesus is going to win the victory. There will be a descendant that will crush your head. He then says, and you snake shall bruise him on the heel. Jesus only took a bruise to the heel while the enemy was crushed. Jesus had already won the battle just by the nature of his supernatural birth, just by the way he was born. He was the fulfillment, the supernatural way to crush this enemy's head once and for all, to defeat what we might call sin and to defeat death forever. His birth was supernatural and the Bible is littered with these supernatural stories. Our story as Springs Church is littered with supernatural stories, times where God came through again and again and again. And so I want to say this afternoon, this evening, to remind you, the Christmas story is here to remind us that God is supernatural and he can do the supernatural in your life as well. Psalm 77 verse 14, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power amongst the peoples. Matthew 19, 26, 
Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Psalm 139 verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Also in that psalm it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So why is the virgin birth so important to Christians? Because it reminds us that the birth was supernatural, ordained by God and God alone. So the second question that, um, that I had about the Christmas story, and this came direct from the mouth of a seven-year-old in my class. They said, Mr. Wade, why did the wise men follow the star? What's the star about? Is the star still there? What's going on with the star? There were lots of questions in my class about the star. And uh, this is where it says it in the Bible, Matthew 2, verses 9 to 12. Um, after they had heard the king, so this is after the wise men, we might say magi, after they have heard the king, King Herod, who was the king over that area at the time, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. You've got the old traditional nativity scene in your head right now. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream to not go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And so this story of the wise men, the magi, and, and the star, and how does this all fit together? Well, our image of the traditional nativity scene actually is probably false. Um, A, normally because Jesus is white, uh, and so is Mary and Joseph, which just is not biblically accurate at all. Um, but also because the magi, according to the text, didn't arrive till a few days later. These events, although they seem in the Bible to happen simultaneously, are actually spread out over a number of days. Um, so, let's go back a minute. These wise men, these magi, the Bible says they came from the east. They came from a different country to Israel. So, if they weren't Jewish and they didn't follow that religion, how on earth did they know that there was going to be a star here and why did they even care? It wasn't part of their religion. Well, we can trace these magi back to the story in the Old Testament of Daniel, Daniel and the lion's den. So these men probably would have come from Babylon, which is uh, modern-day Iraq. Um, these men would have come from the east. And so it's very likely that these wise men knew to follow the star on the search for their saviour because of the faithfulness of Daniel hundreds of years beforehand. Daniel, who had compassion and boldness to share his faith the hope that he had found in the one true God. See, they would have been aware of the writings of the Jewish people from this time. They would have seen that in Numbers 24, verse 17, it says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. And so this teaching would have been passed down for generations of people because they were interested in it, but also full of faith as well, from a, from a culture that wasn't their own. 
but faithfulness, uh, the faithfulness of David had lasted generations. And this is where we see it coming in. Sorry, the faithfulness of Daniel had lasted for generations. You see, their belief and their faith had led them to look for something significant. Why did the wise men follow the star? Because this birth was the most significant birth that there has ever been on the face of planet Earth. God literally changed the sky so that these men could come and worship the king of kings. You see, some people uh, reckon that around that time there was uh, a supernova recorded. Uh, There's some Chinese writings to say around that time there may have been a supernova uh, star in the sky. There are also some theories to say that there was a particular alignment of Jupiter and Saturn which created an extra bright constellation for a few weeks. Um, there, are, there is evidence to back up. There are other writings that would back up the sky, the sky was different for a time. In other words, God used his supernatural gifts to highlight the most significant birth in the history of the world. The birth of Jesus is the most significant history in human history. The most significant, why? Because he came to solve humanity's biggest issue. Humanity's biggest issue. He came to reconcile humans with himself again. We go back to that story of Adam and Eve. What we see is is a perfect relationship between humans and God. What we see is that deceit and lies come in between that relationship. What we see is that what we might call sin, something against what God would want people to do, came in the way. But what Jesus did was came to reconcile that. We know the birth of Jesus was supernatural. We also know it was significant. Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. Wouldn't be Christmas without reading this. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. That sounds pretty significant, doesn't it? He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne, his descendants' throne, and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Zeal, meaning faithful, passionate love. Why was it so significant that man needed to be reconciled with God? Why did we need that relationship to be put back together? Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. The wages. The payment of not being with God, of being broken away from God, is death. The wages of sin is death. The payment for those things that we do right, uh, knowingly or not knowingly, that is against God's nature, the wages of that is death, the Bible says. But the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. So the wise men followed this star to remind us that the birth of Jesus is incredibly significant. And therefore his life, his death and his resurrection are also incredibly significant. Do you know in the year of 2020, researchers suggested that there were 2.2 billion Christians living on the planet. 
The same researchers have also suggested that by 2050, that number will have risen to 3 billion Christians, meaning that in 2050, Christianity would overtake Islam as the most popular religion in the world. The birth of Jesus was supernatural, and the birth of Jesus was significant. 2.2 billion people would back up that significance of the birth at Christmas time. The birth of Jesus was supernatural, and the birth of Jesus was significant. And finally, again, this was one of the questions that my, uh, that my class had when we talked about this, uh, this story. They said, why did the angels appear to shepherds? If you know the story, you'll know that there were shepherds on a hillside, and these, out of nowhere, some angels appeared to them to tell them about the birth of Jesus. We can read it in Luke 2, verse 8 to 15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. <laughs> I think I would be as well. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. The town of David being Bethlehem, just south of Jerusalem. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on the earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see that this thing has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So why did the angels bother appearing to shepherds? Shepherds are used a lot in the Bible. Jesus is described as the good shepherd. Uh, God is described as the great shepherd. There are parables about them. Loads of people throughout the Bible were, were shepherds, particularly in the Old Testament. Um, David, Moses, they were all over the place. Shepherds, um, shepherds were men who didn't make the grade at school. Shepherds would have been illiterate, uh, looked down upon. There, I don't know if you've ever been out in the wilderness looking after sheep. There's not particularly great hygiene out in the wilderness. No access to baths or showers or anything to make yourself clean at all. They would have been seen as unclean, probably looked down upon. Actually, in the Old Testament, the job was often done by the youngest person in the family. <laughs> in the Old Testament, the job was done by children. Can you imagine being a grown man, knowing that the whole circumstances of your life, every work and every effort you've put into, is doing a job that could be done by a child? <laughs> Why did the angels appear to these men? Wouldn't it have made sense to go to well-educated people? Wouldn't it have made sense to go to, to literate people, people that were well-connected? The angels appearing to the shepherds is here to remind us that Jesus' birth is accessible for all. His birth was supernatural, his birth was significant, but his birth is accessible to everybody. It is available for all, and it actually came to be countercultural. Society would say, if you're going to start a political party, if you're going to start a movement, you need rich people who are well-connected, you need people that know their stuff, you need people that are intelligent. What Jesus came 
for all. Jesus came to be the opposite of the culture that we find ourselves in. Jesus came for the people who were tending to sheep in a field. And he came in the most humble and accessible way possible. Born as a vulnerable baby. John 14 verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 3, 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The book of 1 Timothy, it says this in 1.15. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. John 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 Timothy 2 verse 15. For there is one God. There is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Romans 10 verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10 verse 9, just before it, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I love this verse. I'm going to skip ahead a few months and jump to Easter, if that's okay. When we think about Easter, we think about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus was put before a judge called Pontius Pilate. And he said this. Pilate said to him, so, you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of truth listens to my voice. So the story of Jesus' birth, why is it so important? Because it was supernatural, it was significant, and it is accessible for everybody. Today, you can access this story as more than just a story. The very person of Jesus, we believe, can come and change your life from the inside out. I'm going to pray for you now, if that's okay. The band are going to come and get set. Um, we may want to sing in response to what goes on now. We may want to think about the words that have been spoken. I don't know if you know this person of Jesus. You may think that he was a, a nice historical figure. You may, you may think that he said some good things. You might think he was a good religious leader. You are totally right. But there is so much more than that. Jesus is supernatural, significant, and accessible for you right now. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. This prayer is for people who maybe think that they would like to connect with Jesus somehow. You might have 101 questions, and you might not understand what is going on, but I can guarantee that your heart and your chest is probably beating so much it feels like it's going to break out of your chest right now. That's God giving you a nudge. And so I'm going to pray this prayer, and I would love it if you are feeling like that right now, and you're also feeling that you want to make this commitment to believe in Jesus, to, to try this faith out a little bit more. If that's you, I'm going to pray this prayer. I would love it if you would pray in your heart as well the same words. And at the end of the prayer, I'm going to ask you to be really brave 
and just make eye contact with me. That verse that I read says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads as a moment of respect. At the end of this prayer, if you said this prayer for the very first time, I'd love you to look up, just make eye contact with me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I have done that have been against you. Lord, some of them I might have done knowingly, and and some of them might have been unknowing, just just the, the nature of human beings not being perfect. Lord, I'm sorry for those things. Lord, thank you that if I choose to believe in you, then I can be saved. I can be born again. I can be welcomed into your family. Lord, please, right now, I've got 101 questions. I don't understand everything, but Lord, please, come and help me live this life. Lord, come and live within me. Come and be my saviour. Amen. Amen. As everyone keeps their head bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time this evening, I would love just to make eye contact with you. We've got a Bible to give you. We've got prayers we would like to pray, if that's appropriate. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray for... For those of us in the room that have prayed that prayer, maybe a short while ago, maybe a long while ago, Lord, I thank you that the Christmas story is supernatural, significant, and accessible. Lord, I just pray that over this Christmas time, Lord, would you give us the boldness to share our faith. There is never an easier invite than come to church at Christmas time. Lord, I pray that, um, that our family and friends would be introduced to Jesus at this time, that they wouldn't find a great church. They may do, but that they would find a wonderful Savior, the Prince of Peace. Lord, give us the, the boldness and the braveness to share our faith this Christmas time. Everyone said, Amen, Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.